I'm Rekhaut van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 135 for the week starting Sunday, 11 October 2015. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, where you'll find South Africa's best technology journalism. That's right, Duncan. No headlines like, Tokoloshi's used up my data cap. <laughs> <laughs> On Talk Central this week, we talk about um, Microsoft's big devices keynote. Also this week, Apple Watch and iPhone 6 and 6S, plus South African pricing and availability, Afrio's cutting costs across its new network, and Seacom going direct to corporate South Africa. Before we get to all of that, though, we need to pay the bills. We'll be back just after this. Okay, my schnookums, I have to get back to work now. Oh, but I'm going to miss you. I'll miss you too, but I really have to go. Okay, Poopsie, but you hang up first. No, uh, you hang up first, my little pumpkin pie. No, you. No, you. No, you. This is not a work call, but it is taking place at work, and you are paying for it. But with Voice Supreme from Vox Telecom, you get the best call rate at only 59 cents per minute with per second billing. It's the perfect alternative to VoIP least cost routing. SMS 43255 and we'll call you back. Standard SMS rates, T's and C's apply. Welcome to the show. Hi, that's Arthur Duncan. So you just came back from Rage, the big gaming expert, Northgate. Yeah, I just popped in there. I wanted to have a quick look before I go back tomorrow to do some work there. And uh, it's it's crazy. It's always crazy there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I only spent an hour. But I was surprised at uh, the Quite amount busy. of people that, that are there on a Friday. I mean, okay. Do these people not have jobs? <laughs> but I know it's a lot of, lot of students and a lot of Pro young gamers. people there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, money from their gaming. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I always love going to that show. There's so many interesting things to see. The cosplayers are always a sight. Yeah. You know, people dressing up as if favorite uh, characters yeah um, and this year there was there was a few interesting things that I spotted and I'll definitely go go have a look again at closer look tomorrow but um, there's a company that does a uh, booster board which is like motorized skateboards oh, yeah. um, which are very very cool I've seen a few of them around and uh, that's definitely something I want to get myself so you reckon it's worth going up there because um, I always find it very hot in that dome and and uh and, and very busy on, on the weekend days. Oh yeah, Saturdays and Sundays yeah. is, is crazy busy, but yeah. it's 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 worth going. I mean, okay. it's it's definitely okay. something you need to see. There's, there's okay. some really cool. Uh, um, there's, there's a guy doing three scans of people, which is very nice. Uh, 3D, they scan you in as a figurine. Yeah. Um, and some virtual reality stuff too. So if you just want to touch, see, and feel, it's definitely the place to go to. Okay, cool. Well, if I find time this weekend, I'll uh, go check it. I don't really have an excuse because I'm uh, not far from the dome. So, <laughs> yeah, I know you're just up the road. Yeah, cool. Anyway, let's get into this week's news and uh, the big one uh, this week. Um, I don't know, Rekhard, I haven't had a chance to chat to you yet. But uh, did you manage to see any of the micro big Microsoft keynote this week? The devices. I actually didn't. I missed it this week. I mean, okay. I heard about it and I, and I kind of. I know what's going on, but I didn't see the actual keynote. It was a very interesting keynote. Um, quite interesting presenters as well. Uh, the guy who did the main sort of presentation was very cocky. Um, and, um, you know, it was very, uh, almost, I don't know, it, was, uh, it looked like he was trying to channel Steve Jobs at some at some stages. <laughs> but he was, um, he, he had a good presentation to, that he did. And uh, some really interesting devices that uh, Microsoft has put out. Yeah, those surfaces look amazing, don't they? The Surface Pro 4, okay, we were all expecting that to come out. And we were also expecting the new Lumia devices. Mm. I mean, all the news on that in fact the guy who's doing the keynote i forget his name panos i think joked that um you know it makes it difficult for him because he has to announce a product that everyone already knows all the details about <laughs> yeah. but the one thing they did keep secret and didn't leak beforehand was this new microsoft surface book and it's the first time that microsoft has actually developed a laptop yeah yeah and it looks very 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 cool it does um some new kind of uh, the hinge technology in there but um a little bit of uh, design borrowed from uh, Apple as well. I think uh, I think it's going to be hit. 
I think so. It's, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's certainly not. Um, it's certainly not going to uh, appeal to the mass market, but um, it's a great looking piece of kit, and. Um, and and the fact that it doubles as a, a large uh, tablet as well mm. is, is really interesting. Yeah, um, Microsoft really needs to. You know, their the, the Surface concept is has always been a solid one. Mm. I think it's just got got lost with some of the other technologies that superseded it. So solid, in fact, that Apple copied them with its yeah. latest uh, iPad Pro. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, so you know you have to be doing something right, and Apple copies you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goes back and forth though. But uh, the Surface Book looks amazing. It's it's not going to be cheap. I'm guessing mm. the the entry level one is probably going to come in at around twenty twenty two thousand rand. Yeah. If the yeah. exchange rate stays where it is currently, um, and, and going right up to probably about forty grand. Uh, for the top end one with one terabyte SSD and 16 gig of RAM. But that's truly a laptop replacement as a tablet. That's, right. That is yeah. a high-end yeah. laptop replacement, yeah. And it's got a beautiful looking keyboard. The problem I always had with the Surface was the uh, the, the type cover, I think they called it, mm. um, which I, I never really liked that much. It didn't feel like a proper keyboard. It doesn't feel like something I could really touch type on at speed. Exactly. It looked like something it was just slapped on as a cover that, mm. that doubles as something. Mm. But with this one, you know, especially if you look at the angle that it's sitting on uh, when, you, when you unfold it as a notebook. Yeah. Um, that little angle there, I think it makes a big difference in, in how you perceive a keyboard when you do actually type on it. Yeah, yeah. It'll be good to see this so one. In this new one looks cool. Yeah, and the, and the interesting thing is, although most of the intelligence is sitting in the, in, obviously sitting in the in the screen because it doubles as a tablet, mm. they've also put a um, they've also put a, 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 a graphics accelerator, Nvidia GPU, which apparently has been designed specifically for this tablet or this computer rather in the keyboard section. Oh, wow. So when you attach the two together, it's actually a more powerful device. It's not simply a keyboard on its own. It's actually oh, got a GPU built into it. Yeah. So it's about time Microsoft put some of their R&D budget to good use. Mm. I think we haven't seen enough new innovation from them. And, yeah. uh, and this is their first tablet, and it's, I mean, their first laptop, and it looks pretty <laughs> it's cool. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's good to see, uh, see a company like Microsoft actually, uh, you know, follow Apple's, uh, <laughs> Apple's um, lead by actually producing their own hardware, because we know, uh, we, we know when a company does that, when they have full control over their hardware, that they put out uh, the operating system um, feels a lot smoother yeah. they, they're able to actually develop uh, software you know directly for their own hardware and uh, it will give them one up on, on uh, other branded devices yes. um, and I'm not saying that the, I can't see them building a full range of, of notebooks to kind of you know take take away uh, it's kind of like a reference design like the Nexus exactly, you know, exactly. from Google um, but but really cool and it actually shows you what uh, you know Perhaps it, it, it kind of shows up the PC industry for, for the fact that it hasn't uh, brought out the sort of these sort of form factors. Sure, companies yeah. like in mm. Lenovo and others have been doing some cool stuff, but uh, no one's done something like this. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and it, we need to see it in action and kind of see how it performs. But if this truly is the beast that uh, it looks like, mm. this is going to put uh, give 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 traditional notebooks a very hard time. Yeah, yeah. It's expensive, but I'm, I'm going to be tempted to get one. <laughs> That's first generation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just first generation. First generation. I think second generation will certainly become... I, I can see this becoming a standard notebook uh, kind of look and mm. feel. You mm. know, we have a tablet that, uh, yeah. that turns into a notebook rather than a notebook yeah. that uh, you flip the screen around. Yeah, that picture you've got on your screen, though, is the old Surface 3 tablet. Uh, so oh, is this the old one? That's oh. the old Surface 3. Yeah, just Google... Oh, there, there we go. Okay. Google Surface Book. Yeah. Um, and uh, it looks really cool. It doesn't look like the screen and the, and the keyboard section should actually separate. And then they've got this we- this cool, it's like a uh, patented locking mechanism where it snaps into the keyboard um, and uh, won't fall out even if you turn the thing upside down and shake it around. Oh, nice, sort of thing, yeah. nice. Um, which is also which was a little bit of a problem with some of these solutions. The tablet the tablet can e- easily fall out yeah, of the yeah. type cover. Yeah, sorry, that was a hinging system. I was speaking. Very, about very cool hinging yeah, system. Very, yeah. very cool. Um, and uh, comes with a pen 
uh, and just generally looks like uh, looks like pretty cool tech. Mm. Oh, it looks beautiful. Mm. I mean, it does. Be nice to have a Windows logo on the back of my notebook. <laughs> be different from the crowd. Um, I, there was that. I don't know if you saw that thing. It, it was on Twitter and Facebook a, a few a few months ago. The picture of um, of uh, you know Apple's traditional payoff line think different. Yeah. It had a huge hall of uh, people. All sitting on their laptops, all with the Apple logo on the back of the, <laughs> of the laptop, yeah, and it just said at the bottom, "Think different." <laughs> <laughs> so, if you genuinely want to think different, you should probably consider one of these. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, the new Lumia smartphones look pretty cool as well. The yeah, 950, definitely. which is a 5.2 inch hexacore uh, phone, Beast. and the 950 XL, which is a huge 5.7 inch phablet. Um, and I'm team tempted to buy one of these things. Um, just for just for ch- a change of scenery. You'll write it off as a as a compulsory review purchase because you need exactly. to cover this, right? Exactly. <laughs> need, to have a, need to have a Windows phone device in the office, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, Windows ten on mobile is looking. I mean, it looks quite similar to Windows uh, Windows Phone eight. Yeah, yeah. And eight point one, but it's. Um, the concept remains, but uh, you know, hopefully, it's, it's, good it's the, mature, the, the mature operating system that we all wanted it to be for yeah. the longest time. Mm. And if it works well, if it, if the integration and the thinking with Windows ten works well between your notebook or tablet yeah. and the device itself then you know then you have a true Apple competitor in every sense yeah. of the word on yeah. platform um, and functionality yeah and uh, did you did you, see, you didn't see the demo so you didn't see the them plugging the phone into a monitor and turning the phone into a PC I heard about that mm. yeah yeah that, that is an amazing feature very cool it's an optional extra little dock that they sell there we go uh, Rachel's just looking at the video on screen now and um, it turns into what looks like a fully functional Windows PC. Um, yeah, so it takes the power of your the, the, the power of the device uh, the spe- specifications. Yeah, mm. and, and just enables it to you know to perform like a PC rather than just a. And it works well. I mean, especially with the OneDrive integration, the fact that you you, you, you can work in the cloud now. You don't need uh, you can if you save mm. all your documents mm. to OneDrive, which I do, yeah. then. Um, you know, you can just, just plug your phone into any monitor you want and off you go. Yeah. Exactly. Provided you're carrying that dong- dongle with you, which is an optional optional extra, unfortunately, doesn't come with the device. Yeah, yeah. But we, we know that our smartphones in our pockets really have more processing power than most of our PCs were five, six years ago. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's it's inevitable. To base, do your mail and, and uh, Word and that sort of thing, it's, yeah, it's fine. Exactly. And in the demonstration, uh, yeah, you've, got to, you've got to play with it in practice to see how it really performs. But in, in the demo, it looked absolutely snappy, firing mm. up... PowerPoint and flipping between applications. But well, if the software is really optimized for the for the for the hardware that's that's in the body, I mean, yeah. it, it should perform like that. Yes. Especially if they have, have they have obviously control over all the hardware, uh, yeah. and they can write uh, very specific lines of code for each of those uh, those bit of electronics. Yes. So, um, really looking forward to seeing this in action. Yeah, got a great camera too. Peer view, twenty megapixel. Doesn't stick out as much as the uh, forty yeah. the forty three megapixel one they did a few years, years ago. Um, I love the new Windows logo they've put on here. That, yeah, that's obviously nice. a new edition, right? That that wasn't that I wasn't a new. I don't new recall release. seeing it. Yeah, I don't yeah. recall seeing it. Yeah. It's, it looks nice. Just squares. And that's the, <laughs> and the uh, triple LED flash flash on the back. Yeah. Um, no, it's good looking hardware. Um, do we do we think Microsoft's finally matured the, their hardware software strategy? Well, the biggest problem remains with uh, with Windows um, for mobile devices is the lack of applications. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just doesn't compare to the Android and iOS ecosystems. But um, with with hardware, desirable hardware like this, uh, I think, and, and the fact that it's running Windows, effectively mm, running Windows, mm. um, the sa- effectively the same Windows core that, that you run on your PC, yeah. with some important differences, um, I, I think means it's going to become a lot easier for people to migrate their desktop apps onto mobile, uh, and may encourage a lot more people to um, to develop for the Windows platform. 
Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that it, it becomes more of a, a, a bigger competitor because I think that the two dominant players, Apple and uh, and Google, could do with a bit of a kick up the bum and some competition. Yeah, yeah, and even though they were slow off the running mark, uh, Microsoft. Mm. I think still has a lot of... Uh, never write them off. <laughs> yeah, never write them off. They've got a few tricks up their sleeve. They, you know, they, 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 they just come back and they come back and they come back and they come back. We saw that yeah. in, in the browser war days, for example. <laughs> um, they never give up. Yeah. Um, they haven't given up on search. I mean, what company in its right mind would take on Google mm. in, in web search? <laughs> Microsoft. Microsoft has done it. They yeah. just keep doing it. Yeah, you know, yeah. The market share might be sitting at five percent, but they um, they're not giving up on it. The underdog we all still love and, and <laughs> love to death. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing these new phones. They're coming out later this month in the US. No word yet on South African timing, but I'm I'm sure they're going to come here, uh, given that um, you know the traditional Microsoft devices, Nokia business in South mm. Africa, um, has always been active on the ground here. So I'm sure they'll be bringing these phones to market. I think there's less chance of the new uh, Surface Book coming to. Uh, to the local markets since none of the Surface uh, tablets have come here yet yeah, yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate because um, I'd love to see that uh, those devices for sale in the local market but the, I guess the, at the price sort of price points they're talking about sort of 25k up especially with, uh, with the exchange rate now yeah, they're just going to get yeah. sorted it's not um, it's not a mass market device it's going to sell millions of or even probably not even mm-hmm. tens of thousands mm-hmm. of units well, perhaps it's, it's, this does signal a new strategy for them, and maybe maybe they do consider, you know, a, f- a few models in each region, just so uh, you know the early adopters can get their hands mm. on it. That would mm. be a clever strategy. Mm. Of course, you can buy you can buy the Surface devices through and the Lumia devices through mm. the Orange Store. So, um, if they don't bring the Surface Book here, we can always order it from the Orange the Orange Store. Yeah. Just make sure you speak to your bank manager first. Yes, <laughs> speak to the Reserve Bank to make sure you've got clearance <laughs> to uh, put that much money offshore. Yeah. <laughs> We joke, but we did say this about Apple devices. I mean, yes. <laughs> if I look at my notebook, it's it's definitely a little over thirty k. Yes. You know, we don't. We you know, you almost don't hesitate when you when you talk about that. But when something new comes out, yeah, 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 we use these machines extensively. So um, you know, if it's a production machine, no, it's definitely you kind of have it. to find a way to definitely justify it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. As write it off as a company expense. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone does. <laughs> Play Cool. Um, so uh, that's about enough about Microsoft. Let's talk about Apple for a mm. while. And um, some announcements coming out of Core Group, the local distributor this week. Um, in fact, today, or Friday rather. Yeah. Um, talking about um, the new Apple Watch, which is coming to South Africa on the 23rd of October, a little bit later than some people have been speculating. Um, and we've also got pricing and launch date of the iPhone 6S. And none of it's coming cheap, I'm afraid. Mm. Uh, particularly the new iPhones. Um, the uh, let me just bring up the story, uh, the Tech Central piece on the pricing now. But um, it's uh, is it there? We, there we go. Um, it's it's the Rand is really unfortunately having a big impact on the price of electronics, <laughs> and the new iPhone is not going to be cheap. So uh, this is the recommended retail price from uh, from Core Group. So this is what you're going to pay at the iStore, in effect. Um, for the entry, the entry level price of the new iPhone, the 16 gigabyte version, which is really a small amount of uh, storage space on a smartphone mm. these days, um, so you'd probably want to go for the 64 gig. But the 16 gig version is 11,799 cash, um, yeah, a- which is I think about two grand up from the uh, time of the launch of the iPhone 6 mm. entry level device. I think that was priced below 10, if I remember correctly. And the 64 gig, which is the one you'd really want to go for, um, if you if you don't need the 128, um, which I don't think most people do, yeah. uh, is 13599. And then if we look at the iPhone 6s Plus, the 16 gig goes for 13599, and the 64 for 15499. And if you want the top of the line 128 gig sure. iPhone 6s Plus, you're going to pay 17,500 yeah, rand. That's, yeah, that's a lot that of is the price of a laptop. 
yeah. a good laptop. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to be a difficult pill to swallow. <laughs> but again, you know, if you buy this on contract, it's probably going to cost you four, five hundred rand over, over and above your 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 regular subscription, and a lot of people will be able to afford it, I'm mm. sure. Mm. But uh, outright cash purchases, <laughs> I don't see that happening with uh, with many South Africans. Not no. at the exchange rate. No, I think a lot of people will go for get this on on contract. And iStore is offering a trade in, um, although they in the terms and conditions it states very clearly that the um, phone you're trading in, the iPhone you're trading in for the new one has to be in impeccable condition to get oh. the to get the maximum um, value um, tra- for your trade in. Mm. So if you've got a if you've got an iPhone six, 16 gigabytes in in, in mint condition, um, you will only ha- only I put in inverted commas have to pay five thousand two hundred and ninety nine rand for the 16 gig new iPhone model if you trade in your old one. Um, so you're saving, let's do a quick math here, about 6,000 Rand if I'm working that out correctly. Um, That's obviously provided that you've, you've already yeah. paid off your previous phone or, or you bought it outright and yeah. you can sell it. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll need so to basically, basically, basically you're taking a knock of about half the value of the phone yeah. after 12 months of using it, even if you've managed to keep it in mint condition. If, if it's not in mint condition, if it's got some nicks on it, uh, then um, the iStore is, is not going to offer you that, yeah. that sort of trade. Yeah. I remember I traded my old Apple II at the iStore um, about six months ago to get an iPad Air 2, uh, and um, they gave me 800 rand. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can buy it. Sell it on Gumtree for more. Yeah. Uh, I was in the store. I had it, and I just yeah, said, I just, just did, did it. it. Yeah. 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 But yeah, 128 definitely should be the, the standard for anybody that buys a phone these days. And, 128 uh, or 64, sorry, 64 gig. Yeah. I've got a 128, and I, and I I love it because I, I never have to delete anything, and I've got about yeah. four years' worth of photographs oh, that I've well. transferred from my old device and okay. videos. And yeah. So from that point of view, it's, it's you know, as a, as a heavy user or as, yeah. a, as, a, yeah. as a geek, you know, yeah. you want 128. Yeah. But that's going to come at a price. Yeah. I, I think I think we've spoken about on this podcast before, but uh, the 16 gig is Apple being stingy. Actually, it should start at 32. Yeah, um, there's no reason for them to to. Because I mean, the fact they're skipping 32 obviously says that they either have a surplus of 16 gigabyte uh, chips or they got it at a good price. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and most Android phones come with at minimum 32 gig. Mm. Um, I mean, the HTC I'm using is 32 gig. All the new Sony's are 32 gig. It seems to be pretty much the standard in the Android world. Um, it's very unusual to find a 128 gig yeah. Android device. And it's, 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 it's unlike Microsoft, uh, unlike Apple to, to try and cater for the entry level of the market, but mm. uh, they're clearly going, or at least trying to get a, a price-conscious user at least onto the platform, um, hooking yeah. them with their, with their candy. Although I'd, I'd, I'd find, find it hard-pressed to call 11,800 rent um, entry. Sure, no, no, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> But it's Apple. Always yes. a premium. <laughs> Entry level is the is the is the Nokia 105 I bought the other day for running with, which cost me uh, I think 179. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. beautiful. And, it, and it, the battery lasts for two weeks. Let me let me rephrase. Entry level high end. How's that? Yes. <laughs> Entry level in Apple universe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, the Apple Watch too. I, I, it'll be interesting to see how that's going to be a or that definitely going to be a Christmas stocking filler for. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are going to buy this for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, personally, I. I'm not going to touch it with a barge pole because the new one's going to come out quite uh, soon afterwards, yeah. I suspect. Um, it's interesting they didn't introduce a new Apple Watch uh, this year, actually, at the, the keynote. Um, I guess they... I don't know why they didn't. I think, I think the technology is such a nature that, you know, Microsoft kind of... Uh, Microsoft again. Apple cannot afford to, you know, especially with something as niche as this, yeah. they, they cannot afford to launch too many too many devices on top of each other because people are going to get burnt and they're going to feel... Or they're going to feel like, like they're going to get burnt. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, 
you know, I think what they did was, you know, especially with the soft releases that they've done for the Apple Watch, mm. they unlocked some functionality with the latest versions. Yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of breathes new life into to the device, and let's yeah. hope they they continue this trend for another year or two. Yeah, yeah. And then release a new one. But yeah, it's certainly it's certainly not going to be. Um, the prices don't seem excessive if you compare them to dollar pricing at the current exchange rate. Um, starting at five eight double nine for the thirty eight millimeter, which is the one aimed at women, I think. Mm, the small screen. Uh, the yeah. small screen one and the forty two millimeter six seven nine nine, um, and that's for the sports edition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the basic Apple Watch model is uh, nine two nine two double nine. That's getting quite pricey. Uh, for the 38 and then 10 grand for the 42 millimeter. So if you want the standard uh, Apple Watch uh, edition, uh, not the edition rather, the, just the standard Apple, Apple Watch, Watch, it's yeah. uh, 10 grand if you want the 42 inch model, so 42 millimeter model. So it's uh, it's not, not not exactly cheap. Um, and going all the way up to 18,499 mm. rand for the Apple Watch Space Black stainless steel case with Space Black link bracelet. For the man that's got everything. <laughs> I, there's yeah. thousands of people in South Africa who won't think twice about buying one of these things. I'll just walk through into our store and put down, the, put down their uh, platinum for credit sure, card. For sure, sure. I think it'll do very well. Yeah. And I mean, this hasn't been released elsewhere in Africa. We may even find ourselves getting a lot of African purchases. You know, oh, yes. it's available. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be a big market. Yeah, too. a lot of guys fly in from Africa and buy do their shopping in Joburg. Yeah, no. Um, so, so we won't we won't be getting these for Christmas then. Is that what you're saying? I, I certainly won't. <laughs> um, in fact, Pe- Pedro Gonzalez, one of our reviewers, uh, did a, a great piece this morning on the new um, Garmin Phoenix Three. Now that's something I might buy for Christmas. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, stunning looking sp- uh, um, sports watch, uh, multi sports watch. Mm. Um, I don't know if you had a, had a chance to look at the review I've today. Actually, I've actually played with it before. Oh, have you? Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's such a, it's such a it's, beautiful. It's it's everything that the Apple Watch isn't in that it's it's more more rugged looking. It doesn't yeah. look as refined. Yeah. Um, you can still. You mean you can't run necessarily run the same type of apps on it as you would mm. uh, Apple. It's device. not meant to be jewelry, like but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very functional mm. sports device. Um, uh, but you're going to be paying the upper four digits for it, so it's in Apple Watch territory pricing-wise. Yeah. But a lot more functional, I think, than the Apple Watch. If you're a, if you're a runner or uh, you do training. Yeah, yeah. Um, triathlon and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's. I've seen them in the flesh and I've played with them a bit and. Uh, mm. Definitely worth comparing if you are a sportsman. Yeah, I'm very tempted to train in, tra- trade in my Garmin 4Runner 620 for one of these. Um, I've got no real justification to do so, but I'm thinking of doing it. <laughs> you don't need I'm, not, I'm not a multi-sportsman. I only do one sport, and that's trail running. Yeah. Um, and so I don't really need this device. And my 4Runner 620 is a beautiful watch that does all of this stuff. But It's, uh, it's the best sports watch you can buy, so that's really why you want it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it looks beautiful. I love mm, the color screen mm. and... Uh, I love the fact that it works with both GPS and GLONASS simultaneously to yeah. pinpoint your position. And the tracking on them, especially for, for trail runners, one of the things I really like is, you know, you can run into the mountains and it'll actually guide your path, you know, it'll record mm. your path and then tell you how to get back. Yes. Which is, which is brilliant. It's got yes. a little... That's great. Not a map per se, but it's, it, it tracks your movement and you can actually see which it's direction... great for hiking as well if you get lost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's the, go, go check it out. The Garmin Phoenix 3. It looks like a really cool smartwatch if you're thinking of um, Christmas already. Mm. <laughs> um, no, that's definitely a good stocking filler too. But uh, chat to me next week and I will uh, get you one to, to use for a few days. How's that? Oh, cool. cool, cool. <laughs> I know some people. Uh, excellent. It's definitely worth playing with and then comparing. Excellent. So, um, Afrihost has announced that they're moving their, um, uh, their ADSL customers, all their DSL customers for that matter, across onto their new... 
uh, onto their new ADSL network. And there's quite a, st- uh, a story behind this. Are you on a- AfriHost at the moment? I'm on AfriHost, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm very interested to, to see how this is actually going to pan out. Mm. I mean, I've been How's your happy. experience been? Since they move, well, with the move on MTN, I've I've found the the network being solid. Um, okay. I've obviously got my data on there as well. So mm-hmm. so all my data for home and on my mobile device goes through AfriHost. Yeah. Um, I've been very happy with the performance I've been getting. Uh, I've been r- running at the peak of that my ADSL line can uh, deliver. Okay. Which is about nine megs. Okay. Um, and obviously the pricing was was the best part of it. Uh, you know, on the on on the current yeah. system at least. Yeah. So yeah. yeah uh, I, Tell me more about when they're moving. I, I, I was on AfriHost and had some problems. I, I, I switched to ISPs, but um, they've um, then, then in 2012 they they used to be um, the upstream provider used to be Internet Solutions, mm. uh, and they moved away from IS. They got some sort of special deal with uh, MTN Business, um, and they moved across to MTN. And then in 2014, MTN bought them, um, and they've been having lots of problems with their DSL network. If you you know uh, just read online forums and that sort of thing, you'll see that um, they've. Um, the, the, the network hasn't hasn't has been far from ideal uh, in terms of performance, um, and it's something I experienced as a as a former AfriHost customer. Yeah, that was that was last year when, when I remember it was we, last we, we were talking about this uh, yeah. quite a bit. You know? Yeah, um, and uh, so the, they've um, become quite aware of this. And I had an interview um, about two months ago with Nteto Nyati, the CEO of MTN South Africa, and he said that. Uh, um, you know, they couldn't continue to provide AfriHost with the sort of pricing that uh, they had expected in the, or the received in the past because it was not profitable for MTN. And he said they were welcome to move to alternative upstream providers. So they've been running a whole lot of pilots over the last few months and, uh, and they've now moved across. And apparently they've, they, they were a bit reluctant to say who they're using, but apparently mm. they're using a, a combination of other upstream providers. Um, and they're aggregating those upstream providers to make sure that they get the best performance. It's kind of a cool idea, actually. Make sure, yeah. especially in the area that you, you are operating for that yeah. customer, give them yeah. the best uh, solution. And they've done tons of um, testing and, and uh, apparently done lots of configuration work, had tons of engineers in working on the network. And they're now starting to cut across. They've, they've had about 5,000 people um, of their customers on the on the test network. And now they started, they, this month they're going to cut across their entire customer base onto the onto the new network and move off the old network. Um, I still find it fascinating that um, MTN uh, is, is no longer going to be their um, upstream provider for the DSL side of their business, um, given that MTN owns them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, be That's that as it may, um, they, they're now cutting the customers across. So it's been interesting to see how, you know, what, what, what the sort of customer feedback is on on AfriHost Network, be interested to see if you've noticed any performance improvement. But if you're already a happy customer, well, I was just wondering now. I mean, would they would they have announced to those users do they switched over that they're on a new? I don't think they I would. They I would just let them run and, and I'm not sure. measure the performance from their side. I guess I don't know. I don't know if they did. I, I think I have a feeling you may have had to volunteer to be on that new network. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Interesting. But, but um, certainly they're going to cut across all of their customers during the course of this month. And um, So let me know if you notice any difference. Oh, well, Although if, if, you're, if your lines are already maximized, you're probably not going to notice anything really, really different. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Look, I mean, it, it's ne- it's never perfect. I mean, mm. you do have moments where something, but, you know, it's difficult to fault something when mm. you've got so many other factors in play. Yeah. Having said that, though, they are installing fiber in my neighborhood. I'll be able ah. to get it early we- early weeks in December. So oh, wow. whether I move away Fumatai. from DSL... Yeah, Vumatel, 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 yeah. Lucky bugger. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, no Christmas presents for anybody in my family. I'm just going to be getting myself some fiber. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've got no new, new new news on fiber in my area, just the telecom is still coming Q1 next year. That's all I know at this stage. Sure. Um, well, set up a point-to-point link, how's that? <laughs> I'll trench fiber <laughs> to your house. <laughs> cat 5, Cat 6E. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, 
last news item this week is a press conference held by Seacom. A very interesting uh, move by that company. Of course, the undersea cable operator, they own that, um, that uh, subsea cable between uh, South Africa and Europe, and I think they've also got a spur up to India. Um, of course, they don't like to be referred to as just the subsea cable operator because they, they're doing plenty of other things as well. They've, yeah. um, they've actually built an IPMPLS network. Um, they offer Ethernet services, carry Ethernet services. Um, they've, they've broadened beyond just being a basic provider of, um, of, of basic uh, access on, 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 on fiber under the ocean. But they're, um, they've now announced that they're planning to go direct to corporate South Africa. So, um, you know, if you're a big company, you can, can, you can engage with them directly and, sell, and ask them to uh, buy services from them directly, which is a really interesting development. And, and potentially, I think, has the, has the potential to upset some of their customers, their, yeah. their wholesale customers. Very much so. But um, they say they're also going to work very closely with their partners, especially in going after the uh, SME market and so the, some of the lesser... Uh, sized corporates hmm. um, but interesting move nonetheless and I think it's going to have an interesting impact on this market um, comments by the CEO um, By- Byron uh, Clatterbuck saying that um, they're, um, they're they believe that the corporate market in South Africa is underserved by fiber and this, they're hoping that through this move they're going to be able to uh, help help address that situation so perhaps a bit of a criticism of the local telecoms market <laughs> yeah for sure I was just, that was my first thing I mean they obviously didn't get the, the right kind of growth out of the players uh, at the moment and they, they probably felt they could do more by stepping into the game and actually you know partaking in the de- deployment mm. of fibre to mm. businesses yeah um I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> we can it's, all benefit from that. Let's see. I mean, they're going to have to manage their partnerships quite carefully, I think. But um, uh, it, it's great to see Seacom, which is, uh, you know, you know, you don't, you don't think of these undersea cable operators as playing in, directly in that sort of um, market. So it's, mm. it's, it's great to see Seacom becoming more active in the South African market and seeing this market is so important to them. Yeah. Look forward to that one. All right, let's uh, do our features. Uh, sorry, not features, our um, winner and loser of the week. Um, I figured our, our, our SCOM would be a good one to pick this week because they haven't had load shedding in a heck of a long time, despite the fact that we are suffering through one of the worst heat waves, uh, at least the northern part of the country, uh, mm-hmm. that we've had in years, and um, with lights have stayed on, despite the fact that there must be huge demand on, um, you know, from air conditioning systems oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. fans and that sort of thing. So, uh, well done to ESCOM for keeping keeping the power on. They seem to be doing some, something right under their new CEO, Brian Malefic. Yeah, definitely. And our loser this week, I think for <clears> possibly <throat> the fourth or fifth time, is... Uh, the you get the company car soon? <laughs> Chief operator, I think he may be out on his ear soon, <laughs> uh, is the um, acting, or well, not the acting, he's actually the full-time now, Chief Operating Officer of the SABC, and that's Mr. Klaudi Motseneng, uh, who um, has just been handed a huge defeat by the Supreme Court of Appeal in Bloemfontein. Uh, over the um, appeal related to the uh, public protector's findings that, uh, I forget the de- all the details now, but um, that he in- increased his own salary and that uh, uh, he lied about his um, qualifications and whether he had a trick and all that sort of thing. Um, anyway, uh, as of uh, recording time, he still had not uh, been suspended or volunteered to go on suspension, uh, even though, as I understand it, the court decision effectively means that the... Um, the public protector's uh, instruction that um, he be suspended for 60 days pending an investigation is now in force. Mm. Um, presumably, well, he's in fact already said that the um, the SABC is going to appeal on his behalf all the way to the Constitutional Court now. It's probably going to take another year or two. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, this guy just doesn't know when to go. <laughs> he's obviously yeah, protected in the right political places. We all know he's... Uh, 
uh, where, where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, anyway, um, all we can do is make him our loser of the week. And yeah, that that I mean, anybody that can uh, look after their own salary and uh, disobey any court orders, you know, that's a job that I want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says he respects oh, well. the courts, but um, uh, he's using his he's using he's using his lawyers and. Uh, not his own money, presumably, to um, stall this thing as, as long as he can. But again, you know, how much how much energy is being wasted on, on, on this kind of thing when we should actually be working on the public broadcaster as an entity and, and, you know, it needs to become something that, you know, something that we can all look up to, like mm. a BBC-type service that, that actually offers some real benefit to, to South Africans. Yeah. Anyway. What's your pick this week? So I came across, as a cord cutter... Um, I came across a very cool website. Another one you recommended. Uh, what was it? ITV. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah ITV for the rugby. Yeah. So what this? What? Uh, so this this website is called Pluto.tv, like the planet Pluto.tv. Um, and then essentially, what they do is they 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 broadcast web content, but in a format or in a uh, in a format that feels like it's a cable subscription. So you log on, and they just got live TV playing, or. or pre-recorded content but in a, in a live mm. scheduled format uh, anything from music to documentaries um, there's some movies now you won't find necessarily find Hollywood blockbusters in here but we all know that the content uh, the content you can get on the internet is so vast and there's so yeah. many amazing things on there <coughs> this you is have to look at YouTube <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. And also, if anybody out there is a Netflix user, they off. You know how long it takes to choose something off that vast catalog, especially yeah. if you don't know what you want to watch. Yes. Uh, we, what what makes this very cool is you know I switch this on and then just flip through the channels, and inevitably there'd be something on I want to watch mm. uh, at least for an hour or so. Okay. It's really really cool checking out. Uh, well, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll load that up on my TV and have a look at it. And they also did do a, a, um, a deal with Hulu, so they you do get some really cool American shows on there. I mean. Uh, Conan O'Brien is on there there's some Ellen DeGeneres uh, there's some stand-up comedy um, so you do get broadcast quality television it's not mm. all just YouTube videos that they rebroadcast and this is this is real content uh, you know that you can enjoy as a as a DSTV yeah. subscription like service okay well okay. worth checking out great stuff check it out it's Pluto.tv um, my pick this week and I want to show you uh, after after we finish recording this podcast on my uh, 4K monitor <laughs> but um, uh, it's just fantastic I know you saw me tweet about it earlier this week yeah. absolutely brilliant gigapixel plus image of Rio de Janeiro did you have a chance to to have a squeeze at that photo? I had a quick look at it but I mean mm. obviously it doesn't look near as good on my little screen as what it would on a 4K monitor <laughs> uh, absolutely incredible um, it's uh, a photograph taken by a South African uh, company called FanCam um, and absolutely remarkable uh, level of detail. I'm not sure how big the actual image is, um, but it looks way beyond gigapixel size, actually. Mm. Um, and the, the the distance that you can zoom in and the detail that you can get, for example, zooming right into the into the flight cockpit of an airplane in the picture. Yes, um, wow. it's well worth wow. checking out. It's uh, I'll include the link on uh, on the show notes for the podcast, but. Uh, uh, in case you're listening to this podcast away from your um, PC or your phone, you can find it at Panasonic. In the 360, that's I N the number three and then the word 60.com slash 2015. Panasonic.in360.com slash 2015. It's an absolutely amazing uh, uh, image, so um, go, go check that out if you're a fan of uh, gigapixel photography. Cool, I think that's uh, the show for this week. Yeah, it's a good one. A lot of new toys we're waiting for for Christmas, so now we just have to 
get them and I'll grab your little balls. Between Apple and Microsoft, I think people are going to be spending a lot of money in the next few months. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm almost I'm almost certain I'm going to get that um, that Microsoft Lumia XL 950 <laughs> XL it really does look beautiful and um, yeah, we'll yeah play around with the Windows phone for a while anyway um, as always if you've got any feedback on the show send us a mail we'd love to hear from you the email address is info at techcentral.co.za or leave a comment on the post entry on the website until next time from Rechard and myself cheers ciao ciao